Divas fans, welcome to episode 14 of Scourge Divas. My name is Kirsty and I'm joined by Casey. Hi! Ready to talk about more magic-related nonsense. I have two polaments in my mouth, so I do apologise if I sound a little bit odd. I don't quite know how I sound, but Casey assures me that it's obvious that I have two polos in my mouth. It's less obvious now, but it was obvious five minutes ago before we started recording. <laughs> they are decreasing in size. They, they do that. I have them in my my cheek like a, like a hamster. I really should. What I should have done is just like stuck them in there when you started uh, when we did our Tibbles raid earlier, because that's basically me just sitting listening to you go off about something anyway. Oh, we can we can definitely tell you've got polos in your mouth when you said should. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so don't make any. I'm not going with the noise because that'll don't be make obvious. any sh sounds. Don't make any. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna have to go up my new name for shite or delight. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been up to anything interesting recently? No. I got married. Any, any, uh, apart from that. Apart, apart from that, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sounds rubbish. It was, yeah, it was pretty boring, to be honest. No, it wasn't. It was great. It was great. It was so good. We, we did uh, we did an um, impromptu rendition of one of our favourite magic remixes, Killing Me Softly on Turn 1 at the bar. We did. At this one is, point. This is actually true. A live performance. It was great. That was after I ran through, ran away in the middle of judging an extremely heated game of Snap. Yeah, I did wonder why, like, as I was mingling around the room, and I did wonder why there was a lot of shouting going on at the one table in the corner. Gamers I was like, the game? <laughs> yeah, I was like, that sounds uh, violent. The joke is that my dad, when he talks about magic, will always just refer to it as Snap Club. Because rather than trying to, like when I went out to FNM, rather than saying I'm going to FNM and try to explain what FNM was, I would just say I'm going to play cards. And he thought, yep. he would be like, oh, snap. And I'd be like, yeah, sure. Rather than trying Why to not? explain magic sure. to my dad, it's just snap. So he calls it snap club. So there was yep. a, a competitive snap game going on at the, my wedding reception. It, it was extremely competitive. I didn't get involved because I, I thought that would be unfair to people. But uh, Why, like I a, sna- a snap master? Yeah, yeah. Nice. I did have to to invigilate a few close calls. I mean, how close can it be in Snap? Someone's hands always underneath, right? Right, but but is a red Joker and a black Joker the same card? Oh, um, is is a black Joker and a, um an advert card the same card? An advert card? No. Yeah. Well, like, like did have tip cards like packs of cards? Yeah. Really? Uh, yeah. Is is a bridge scoring card and a completely blank card the same card? What the fuck kind of whack-ass playing cards have you got? Look, we got whatever fucking playing cards they had in the newsagents down the road from your reception venue. They only had four packs left and Liz bought all of them. <laughs> nice. Um, I don't know. I don't know uh, the other ones. I would. That's tough. I can't remember how I used to play Snap when I was little. So I don't know if a red and a uh, black joker are the same. I want to say yes. Maybe colours had to match. I don't know. And is a bridge scoring card an additional copy of the Nine of Diamonds? And therefore, can you snap it with the Nine of Diamonds? Absolutely no friggin' idea what a bridge scoring card is. All of these things were questions that got asked during that extremely heated game of, of Snap. Is there nothing that magic players won't ruin? No, no, nothing, <laughs> nothing at all. 
<laughs> Amazing. So he won in the end. Uh, shout out to the winner of the snap game at my wedding reception. I I don't think there ever was a definitive winner. Excellent. Nice. Yeah, everyone just retired in in drunkenness. Yeah, that's fair actually. To be honest, there was a lot of drunk people. Yeah. Excellent. So now that we've finished talking about snap, shall we shall we start talking about a superior card game? Let's do that. Let's so tell me what's happened in Pokemon recently. <laughs> So this is going to be a really boring episode, Casey, because as you know, absolutely nothing of note has happened in Magic in the last week. No, nothing at absolutely all. Absolutely nothing. It's been really dull. Yep. Not a thing. Not a thing. Might as well just end it now. Oh, yeah, might as well. No, nah, I'm only joking. There was, of course, the biggest B&R announcement in a long time yes. on Monday. Yes. It was huge. Yes, just a, a couple of little things happened there. Just a couple of little things, yeah. I don't think, I mean, I think people were, there was, there was some things people were expecting and some things people were kind of hoping for, but I think I don't think anybody expected it to be like on the scale that it is. No, or it no, was. not at all, not at all. So let's start. Let's start with with standard. Yeah. We're now in the the first ever sta- ban free standard environment since two thousand and seventeen, because the one remaining banned card in standard, Rampaging Ferocidon, is back. It is back. Now I thought this was going to get unbanned for the last couple of. BNR announcements, and I honestly thought that, given that I'm pretty sure this is the last BNR before um, Throne of Eldraine releases, therefore it's the last BNR before the Ixalan year rotates. Yes. I didn't think they'd bother unbanning Rampaging Ferocidon. I thought they've left it banned this long. No point in unbanning it now, but no, no, let's let's get it back in there. Let's just say fuck it. Let's just unban shit. Yeah, fuck it. Why not? I mean, in all honesty, like mono red's not where it was uh, nine months ago, and um, scapeshift field of the dead. Yeah, it's a pretty good deck. Puts a lot of power into play pretty quickly, and and rampaging frostdon's gonna fuck that a bit. So that's that's pretty much their their logic, um, in, in unbanning it. It was there's there's two there's two decks that they want they kind of want um that are good that they want one red to be able to put up a fight against, mm-hmm. them namely being uh, as you said Scapeshift with Field of the Dead, and Orzo Vampires, which makes me sad because yeah. I'm an Orzo Vampires player and I've, you know it kind of bums me out that the, the dinosaurs back but oh well. It's a, it's a pretty good deck as well. So their, their logic behind it was, um, and they've said, Rampaging Ferocidon should give red aggressive strategies and other decks like Jun Dinosaurs an additional option to fight Scapeshift and Orzov Vampires. Which is basically taking taking um, two decks that are sort of weaker in the meta. I mean, Vamp- mm-hmm. Orzov Vampires like, is really good against Mono Red. Yeah. I think the only time I have, when I was playing Orzov Vampires, the only time I've ever lost against Mono Red is if I if I get um like really really screwed like I get really like mana screwed or mana flooded or something goes horribly wrong mm-hmm. because generally you gain so much life that you can you can survive an experimental frenzy until they start hitting land and then you can just kind of swing in with creatures play a load of vampires especially if you've got like Sauron for example yeah start putting counters on stuff um so. Yeah, uh, their the, the logic is that unban unban Ferocidon kind of give Mono Red 
get Mono Red back to um back to being a competitive deck again. And John Dinosaurs, which is reasonably recent, I think. Yeah. I I think it's good logic. I I don't think the addition of Ferocidon is gonna put Mono Red back where it was a year ago where no. Mono Red was dominating everything. Yeah. Um but I think it definitely puts Mono Red in a, a good place in the meta and hopefully gives Scapeshift and Orzov Vampires a bit of a knock and just mixes things up a bit. Yeah, for a month at least. Yeah. Until it rotates. Yeah. <laughs> we'll let it lose for a month. Alas, hurrah. And then it rotates and we'll see what Throne of Eldraine brings. Yeah, I mean, why not? Also, have you seen the art on Rampaging Ferocidon? Look at his wee face. He's, he's so happy about being unbanned. I know. He's so chuffed. Him and his wee pal. Yeah. He's so cute. I've never really looked at the art up close and it is really sweet. Yeah. Cutie face. Uh, before we go on to the, the, the big nonsense, let's talk a little bit about vintage. I've got a fucking clue about vintage. Do you know about vintage? So, the the changes in vintage are actually pretty, pretty seismic. Um, okay. So... Mystic Forge players in Vintage have been kinda kinda calling for that to be restricted almost since it got released. Mystic Forge is an M twenty card, isn't it? It is an M twenty card. It's the one that it's the one that looks like a giant pizza oven. Yes. So it's the it's the artifact that lets you look at the top card of your library and if it's an artifact or a colourless non land card you can cast the top card of your library and you can also tap Mystic Forge and pay one life to exile the top card of your library. Now, it costs four mana, which sounds a lot, but any mana-producing land and a Black Lotus or Mishra's Workshop and any Mox lets you play that on turn one. Yeah. And Mishra's Workshop, I gather, is like a pretty prominent card in vintage yes yeah i mean there's, there's a lot of decks based around mishra's workshop just because it's it's a land that taps for three colorless mana yeah now it can only be used to cast artifacts but i mean that's fine you build your deck around it yeah um and it's it's not restricted so you can play four copies of it mm-hmm. so mystic forge just the 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 amount of cards you you can effectively draw in the first couple of turns with Mystic Forge is ridiculous, and then with the addition of Karn the Great Creator, which you can power out quickly in a shop's deck and lets you tutor for your win conditions, it's it and also locks out your opponent's the entire point of playing Vintage by shutting off all their artifacts. Like, the point of Vintage is you get to play Moxes and Sol Rings and Black Lotuses and all this other absolute nonsense cards. Yeah. And Karn the Great Creator just says, nah, you can't do that. So, um, Shops decks have really been pretty... Heavily hit? Overly good. Yeah. Well, no, they've not been heavily hit because Shops decks... Even before Karn the Great Creator and Mystic, Mystic Forge were probably the best decks in the format. And putting those two just took it over and above. Um, there was two other restrictions. Golgari Grave Troll is a restriction that is basically trying to hit the dredge decks. 
and like Bazaar of Baghdad is the the key to the dredge decks in vintage which is a land that lets you it doesn't have a mana ability but you tap it you draw two cards and discard three cards so it basically says tap dredge twice and then put three dredgers from your hand into your bin and with golgari grave troll having dredge six it's just it's it's silly now i mean basically what they're doing here is they're trying to hit the shops decks and the dredge decks without hitting mishra's workshop or bazaar of baghdad because mishra's workshop and bazaar of baghdad are pretty fucking expensive old cards that are still unrestricted in vintage and the the community would not be happy if bazaar or workshop were restricted like if if all you're worrying about is uh, the good of the gameplay of the format, you should probably just restrict Bazaar of Baghdad and restrict Mishra's Workshop yeah. and unrestrict a whole bunch of other stuff that goes in those decks because those two cards are the problem cards. But the, with a format like Vintage, you've also got to manage community feeling with your ban and restricted list. And if you banned Workshop or Bazaar you're probably going to lose a large segment of your player base in a format that doesn't have a particularly large player base in the first place. So you'd piss off a lot of people. So tell me about a mental misstep. Why is that Whoa. been why is that been restricted? Because mental misstep is I I'd never heard of this card. Um you can either pay one blue or two it's one for X in mana, so it's either one blue or two life. Yes. Counter target spell with converted mana cost one. Yeah. So why why have they restricted that? So Mental Misstep has basically been hit in, I think, every format it's ever been legal in. I can't remember if it was banned when it was in Standard, but it was banned in Modern. Um, if it was legal and extended, it was definitely banned in that. It's banned in Legacy, and now it's restricted in Vintage. I because... love when they print cards that, that do that. I love when they print cards that just get absolutely hosed in every single format. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> It's like, you know, something's a mistake when it's not legal, you print it, and it's not legal anywhere. Yeah. So it, it doesn't sound huge, because all it does is counter a spell that costs one. But with especially with older formats, the older you get, the more powerful the cheap cards are. Yeah. And in, in things like Legacy or Vintage, where your one-cost cards are some of the most important cards in the format in Thoughtseize... Inquisition of Kozilek, Swords to Plowshares, Lightning Bolt, and then in Vintage, Sol Ring, Ancestral Recall, things like that. Um, basically, because Mental Misstep doesn't cost you mana to play it, because 99 times out of 100, you're not going to pay the one blue, you're going to pay the two life. Yeah. So because it doesn't, doesn't cost mana, you don't need to be in a blue deck to play it. So everyone plays four copies. So... The deck, the decks that don't play one drop cards, play four copies of Mental Misstep to counter their opponents' one drop cards, and the decks that do play one drop cards play four Mental Missteps to counter their opponents' Mental Missteps. So, effectively, you started off building a vintage deck with a fifty-six card deck because you were putting four Mental Missteps in. Yeah. It was just everywhere. Every everyone played it, and everyone played four copies. And it's it was just doing it's not that it was doing too much even really. It's just that it was 
it was everywhere and you you had to play it in every deck. Makes sense. So the the last thing that happened in Vintage, because they, they just went ham. They really yeah, went no, ham. They've just basically got a dartboard, right? And just like put cards on it and just thrown darts. Yeah. Um, is they've actually unrestricted fast bonds. Now, fast bonds are pretty old card. Um, so because this is one that I hadn't heard Alpha. of, I hadn't heard this before either. Fast bond yeah. is a one-drop green enchantment that says you may play any number of lands on each of your turns. Whenever you play a land, if it wasn't the first land you played this turn, fast bond deals one damage to you. Yeah, seems good. So it is. It is. If you've got a decent amount of card draw, then you can you can play multiple lands every turn, and. Um, Fastbond's been restricted for quite a long time, but it's there's not really a, a powerful land-based deck in Vintage, and I think there's room in the metagame for it. An unrestricting Fastbond certainly does that. The decks that would be playing four copies of Fastbond are playing a card called Mana Bond instead, mm-hmm. um, which is, off the top of my head, a one-drop green enchantment. Um, you can reveal your hand and you put all lands in your hand into play but then you discard the rest of your hand something like that yeah um so it effectively does the same thing fast bond's a bit more powerful which is why it was restricted but i don't think unrestricting fast bond breaks the format i think it creates the potential for an interesting new deck and as i think it was autumn burchett pointed out on twitter they probably weren't the first person but they were the one that I noticed pointing it out. It's now legal in Vintage to play a deck that has four copies of Fast Bond and four copies of Experimental Frenzy. Oh, nice. I'd, I'd, I'd really like to see someone do that, please. Yeah. Okay, so now that we've talked about Vintage for the first time ever on this podcast, we can check that off our achievement list. Yep. Um, let's go on to the big, the, the, the big daddy of the announcements. The, the big news, the, big the, news. the modern, modern changes. So there was three big changes in modern. One of yep. which, one of which was a given, right? One of yes. which was, um, not quite a given, but a lot of people were, were asking for it. And one, yeah. one of which was kind of the past few BNRs, people have been kind of, you know, saying unban this, unban this. And they actually did it. Mm-hmm. So the big one, uh, Hogak, Arisen Necropolis was banned. Which was so to nobody's surprise, right? We 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 kind of knew that was coming, yeah. We kind of knew, especially after uh, Vegas GP Vegas. I think there was like six copies of in the top eight. I think it was six. It was at least five. It might have been six. I know there was two Eldrazi Tron and some number of Hogak. I, I want to say it was six Hogak and two Eldrazi Tron, but I, I could be wrong. No, there was a there was a Horzan there as well. Oh, so you're right. Yes, you're two right. Two Tron, a Horzan, five Hogak. Yeah, you're right. That you're absolutely right. That's but, correct. Uh, the the semis were like three Hogaks and a Tron, and the finals yeah. was a Hogak mirror. Yeah. So as if as if uh, we we didn't already know that that was going to happen, that pretty much sealed the deal, right? Mm-hmm. Faithless looting was also banned. Now that al- surprised me. Did you think that they would ban one or the other? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I thought either Faithless or Hogak would get hit. Yeah. And. Initially, I thought it was going to be Faithless Looting. Over the last couple of weeks, I've shifted to it, it has to be Hogak. Uh, don't get me wrong, I'm glad to see Faithless Looting gone. Mm-hmm. So I just said, I didn't think they'd do both at the same time. So they said in the announcement, like it was obvious they were going to ban Hogak, they basically said um, they, they banned Bridge from Berlot, trying to weaken the deck, it didn't work, Hogak was still dominant. 
Um, so that got banned, you know, great. And they basically said that um, they really don't want to leave the modern metagame in a place where it can't self-correct and that yeah. graveyard-based strategies have been a big chunk of the modern metagame, uh, like with things like um, Phoenix, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and they said this Hollow is... Hollow ref- One. Hollow One, yeah. yeah. This is ref- they said this is reflected in the rise of heavy-handed main deck, anti-graveyard cards like Surgical Extraction, Lena in the Void, and Rest in Peace. I mean, we talked about the... Was it the Mythic Championship? Where... There was some ridiculous number of, you know, everybody was playing Leyline of the yeah, Void. Yeah, Leyline of the Void was the most played card. 800 copies of it or something. Yeah. And a stupid amount of them were in, were in the main deck as well. Yeah. So they basically said, we want to get away from, you know, that meta being dominant in modern. Mm-hmm. And they said the key card enabling the majority of these graveyard-focused decks is Faithless Looting. Because, you know, things like Hollow One, is it Phoenix? Um, Dredge... Bridgevine variants, both pre and post Hogax release, they're all playing Faithless Looting. Yeah. So they basically said, right, we don't want modern to be a a, a format where you you use the graveyard because that's that's pretty much the meta. Mm-hmm. And because Faithless Looting was such a big powerhouse in them, they've gone, well, you know what? Let's shake it up. Let's ban Faithless Looting as well. Yeah, I'm I'm happy for it. I really am. I think it's gonna it's gonna change the meta game a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I mean, like, what was the top deck before Hogak? Was like Phoenix or something. That was a big. Yeah. That was a big faithless looking deck. Fe- Phoenix or Hollow One. Yeah. Like they were both top, top decks in the last couple of years before yeah. Hogak. Uh-huh. It's all been graveyard for the yeah. last two years or something. Uh huh. I saw a lot of people saying as well that they thought that Hogak might get banned and Bridge from Below might get let out of uh, I... card jail. Yeah, I thought that would happen. I thought if they banned Hogak, they'd, they'd release Bridge from Below. But yeah. I understand the logic in not doing that. Yeah, they basically said that um, they don't want they don't want it to, to revert to you know dominant graveyard decks, so they're keeping Bridge from Below banned for now, yeah. which I guess makes sense. Um, and then the big the big surprise, which a lot of people a lot of people were saying it should happen. I'm not sure people really expected it to happen. It's kind of like um, when Certain... every time there's. Certain Greg's loving British content creators have been wanting it to happen for, for quite a while. Certain bearded advocates, yes, have been. But it's kind of like every BNR. There's always people saying, you know, unban twin, right? And I don't That's know. That's not going to happen. No, but I don't know. If people just they, they just say it, but they, they don't. They, you know, people don't think it's actually it's actually going to happen or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so Stoneforge Mystic was unbanned. Yeah. Stoneforge Mystic is legal in modern for the first time ever. Yes. Because it was when they when they um when they first introduced modern, it was Stoneforge and Jace the Mind Sculptor, I think, with the they immediately were put on the ban list. I don't yeah. know if they were the only two cards. No, I think there was more than just them, but they they were definitely on it from the start. Yeah. So Stoneforge Mystic, which has never been legal in modern, uh, pretty much because um it can just get like a turn three batter skull and wreak havoc with it, basically. Yeah. I mean that's that's effectively the reason is is batter skull. So for the first time ever, Stoneforge Mystic, everyone's favourite cod artificer, uh, is is legal and modern. And Wizards um Wizards justification for this, it wasn't that certain British content creators have been asking very nicely for a long time. Interestingly, uh, it was that they want modern to be a a game that's more sort of focused on the battlefield and creature strategies and card advantage and things like that, rather than being graveyard, graveyard uh, decks. 
So I guess Stone Forge Mystic in that respect seems seems like a a decent unban. I think they want yeah. to kind of encourage people to be playing things like that rather than sort of playing on things that require you to punt stuff in the graveyard. Yeah. I mean the the other thing is that when Modern started, Stoneforge Mystic was probably in the top one percent of most powerful cards in the format. Yeah. It's it's now probably it's don't get me wrong, it's still powerful. It's probably still in the top five or ten percent. Mm-hmm. But it's enough equally powerful cards have been printed since then that it's it's just not that step above that it used to be anymore. Yeah. So it makes sense, I guess. I mean, if they're going to unban something, I think Stoneforge is a pretty decent bet. And it made a lot of people very happy, which hardly ever happens on Twitter. Yeah. But it was really nice to see. Um. So what would play... Stoneforge Mystic. Like, is there any? Would it would it be a new deck completely, or would it be? I think would it fit into an existing deck? Like, I know, um, Death and Taxes. You know, as as proven by the the advocacy of a certain British content creator, is probably going to play it. Death and Taxes probably plays it. Um, Blue White Control might play it. Yeah. Honestly, beyond that, I'm not sure. I've seen a lot of people saying things like, you know, Naya, Naya Stone, Stoneforge and stuff like that. Um, Maybe. What, what's the what's what's the what's the other one that I was thinking of? Um, what's the one that does the swords anyway? Uh, Arza Thopter Sword. Yes, that's the one. Does that play it? Yeah, I mean, Sword of the Meeks and equipment. I mean, that's a pretty good deck anyway, right? If that plays Stoneforge Mystic, doesn't that doesn't that get even better? I don't know if it's white already. Like it need to, it might need to squeeze that in, but then it's it's playing. Is it not playing Arkham's Astrolabe? So maybe a, a splash a isn't isn't too difficult, really. Uh, let me let me have a quick look. Arzathopter sword. Speaking of the Astrolabe, actually. Um, yeah. Speaking of, speaking of Astrolabe. <laughs> a lot of on people, that note, a lot of people, and I know Casey is included in this. Um, a lot of people were expecting that to be banned in Popper. Yeah. Especially because Wizards have started actually paying attention to Popper as a format. Uh, they released a whole bunch of Popper bans last BNR. Um I think a lot of people, a lot of Popper players were, were expecting the Astrolabe to, to get the hammer as well. I think maybe it didn't because they want to see if the metagame can adjust to it, maybe. They, I mean, they, they did just have a Massive seismic change in in Popper in recent couple of months, um, and I'm not sure they want to have another ban so quickly after a couple of high profile bans and hundreds of new cards being added to the format. Yeah, I think maybe they just want to see if if the format can adjust to it. Honestly. I think the next BNR announcement will probably see Arkham's Astrolabe get banned, but I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I checked the Urzathopter Sword. It's basically not playing Astrolabe, as far as I can see. That was a great uh, segue, white... though, for, for, for it not playing it. Yeah. Well, segue into talking about Popper. I like it. But a white splash doesn't look too difficult because you're already playing four Mox Opal. Yeah. And yeah, four Spire of Industry. So you could easily splash for 
Stoneforge Mystic if you wanted, I think. That'll be interesting. When's the next big um, modern tournament post? Because it gets banned on Friday, right? Which is the 20... I was going to say it's the 26th. It's not. It's the 30th. 26th um, was yesterday. So it gets banned on Friday. What's, when's the next big modern tournament? So we can kind of... I don't know. There's probably a Star City Games one. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be a Magic Fest, but it'll probably be a Star City Games. No. Or uh, we might be looking at a like a format challenge on Magic Online, like a modern challenge or something. Yeah. I think but it'll be interesting to see what... There'll be plenty of modern league data from Magic Online as well. Yeah. See what uh, see what happens. I love, I love watching um, things after there's been a big ban because it means that, you know... If, if, Every, especially when it's in, in a format when everybody's playing the same deck, right? Yeah. When you go and watch the first form, the first tournament after that, where everybody's not playing the same deck, and it's you just see what everybody's kind of come up with. Yeah. I think that's really exciting, and especially when it's something as massive as this. Yeah. I think it's going to be really cool to see. What, I mean, there's still going to be like the old. This actually didn't what I was going to ask you next. There's always going to be like the old favourites, like you know, like Tron, Tron, burn. Tron still being played, burn, uh, Doctor Sword probably. But the next question, what do you think is going to be? What, what do you think is going to be the good deck after you know post post all this happening? I don't know because honestly, it's such a massive change. Um, I I would have said Tron, but people just didn't have the sideboard spaces to shore their game up against Tron because they had to devote so much sideboard slots to combat and graveyard decks, mm-hmm. and they don't need to do that anymore. Um, and again, normally after a massive change like this, mono red decks are good because they're a nice linear aggro strategy and control decks tend to be bad. But with the addition of Stoneforge Mystic, I, I, I honestly don't know. Yeah. I'm going to go out on a limb and say for no reason other than I want it to be true, Infect's going to be great. Oh, okay. That's fair. That's Casey's bet. We'll see. Yeah. I haven't seen Infect out for a while, really. You don't see so much Infect anymore. But you heard it here first. This is it. The return of Infect. Uh, we expect several pats in the back if Infect just absolutely runs wild. Yeah. Takes down a major tournament. In in all seriousness, though, I think probably Tron and Doctor Sword. Yeah. But we'll I, see. I think those would have um those would have been my two picks. If I had to, mainly because it's the only two decks I can actually remember doing well that weren't Hogak recently. <laughs> I saw somebody saying, um, that, wondering if the Prowess deck was still a thing, because that, um, that did really well. It was People were building that specifically because it did well against Hogak, the Mono Red Prowess mm. deck. I think it was Mono Red. Yeah. Is, that, is that still good, or is that because it was designed specifically to beat Hogak, is it now I, a bit lost? I don't know. Oh, it's so exciting! It's it is. I mean, it's it's a whole new modern. I mean, I don't play and modern, and I don't really watch modern, but I'm so excited <laughs> to see what happens. That's normally hyperbole saying it's a whole new modern, but in this occasion, I really don't think it is. I think this is it's going to be a massive change. These three bannings have probably done more for modern than Modern Horizons did. And Modern Horizons did a lot. Yeah, exactly. Well, it brought Hogak. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it really just appended the entire format. Mm-hmm. Which I guess they kind of wanted to do. I just don't think they wanted to do it like that. No. It wasn't quite how they wanted to shake up modern. <laughs> oh, well, if it works, it works. Mm-hmm. 
So, inspired by a recent conversation that Casey and I had, um, we, 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 we discovered that legacy decks traditionally have a lot of really silly names. Yes. Yes, they do. But, you know, most standard decks will kind of be based around... The names of them will be based around, um, you know, the colours and maybe what they do, like, you know, Esper Control or Monored Agro, or they'll be based around a, a card that's a win condition, like Scapeshift. And it's kind of the same in Modern as well. It's like Infect, Burn, Esper Control or Blue-White Control or whatever. Urza Thopter Sword kind of does what it says in the tin. <laughs> Legacy decks, for some reason, don't follow that convention. Well, some of them do, but a lot of them, a lot of them just have the, the most bizarre names. Yes. So I don't play Legacy, and I have very little knowledge of Legacy. So I thought, let, let's let's see how if 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 that you if you can really use your brain and kind of unwrangle the names of these Legacy decks, or if they're just completely beyond help. So I got Casey to come up with some bizarrely named Legacy decks, and I'm going to try and work out what's in them and what they do. Okay. Um, I know two. The only I only know two let two decks. Two names of two legacy decks. And the ones I know are Cheerios, which I think is because it's like loads of stuff with zero mana cost. So it's like an O. Is that correct? Yeah, it's a pure steel paladin combo deck. Yeah. Basically, that I am currently scoring off the list <laughs> that I will not be asking you. And the other one I know is um, uh, Honda Civic, which I believe is called that because it, it it's a bit like a Honda Civic. You know, it's not that exciting, but it gets the job done. Yeah. Which I, as a Honda Civic driver, I resent, by the way. I love my Honda Civic. So whoever named that, go fuck yourself. Fair. Okay, but I don't, I don't know the names of any other Legacy decks. Okay. So, so I've heard of some of them, but I don't know what they do. I have no idea. So, so uh, some of these might be modern, but they're mostly Legacy. The vast okay. majority of them are Legacy. And, um, yeah, let's let's start with some of the more famous ones that you might have heard of so let's start with the rock oh okay this is i know this is a modern deck because i've um i've i've heard people playing like black green rock yeah i mean it's also it's also a legacy deck yeah um so my mind immediately goes to like dwayne the rock johnson i'm almost certain that's not why it's called that is it something something to do with black green so it is, yeah, it is a black-green mid-range deck, right. and it, it is named after Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Is it actually? Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's amazing! Why? The, the the deck originated with, uh, it was a deck that used Phyrexian Plague Lord and Deranged Hermit, um, and the, the full name of the deck is The Rock and His, Mind- and his Millions, so the Phyrexian Plague Lord was the rock, and the the squirrels that the deranged hermit produced were his millions. Oh, that's so cool! I thought it was going to be something like, um, like my 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 two thoughts were it was going to be something to do with like mana rocks, or it was going to be something like a prison deck, like you were kind of like stuck in a rock, like um. Sure. What's who was it that got stuck in the rock in Skywars? Was it Luke Skywalker? Yeah. That was that was my thought. I would never have got okay. that because I thought that was just too ridiculous. Amazing. Okay. Okay, so Maverick. Oh, oh God, Maverick. See that this is yep. the kind of one that that. What is a Maverick? What's the definition of a Maverick? I feel like it's like something kind of a bit, a bit kind of off the wall and wacky and not following any rules. Yeah. I don't think there's a. I want to say there's not a card called something Maverick. It's based around. I feel like it's just a completely. It's like a, a a completely 
you know, casting all the ropes of propriety off and kind of going, ah, fuck it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this unexpected nonsense. Pretty much, it's it's a green white aggro deck. Nice. So it doesn't play a card called Maverick, though. No. Okay. No. Okay. So neck fit. Hmm. Oh god, I should have said I actually know what this one is as well. Go for it. It's um. Now I know this because I've watched a Pleasant Kenobi video. It's basically just a deck where you stuff whatever you want in, and it comes from like somebody saying "nice fit" or something, but misspelling it on a forum. But it's it's. I think it's it's not basically just a deck. It's just a miscellaneous deck that is just good stuff. You just stuff whatever you want in it, basically. So kind of a yeah. It's um the the basis of the deck is um veteran explorer cabal therapy. So veteran explorer lets you um lets you go and get basic lands when it dies and cabal therapy lets you sacrifice a creature to cast it for its flashback cost so it, it uses that as a mana ramp engine and then ramps into big things it's the the name is not from someone mistyping nice fit it's uh it's it comes from a song by a band called the untouchables but it was covered by sonic youth and the person that invented the deck took the name from the sonic youth song Oh, interesting. That's pretty cool. I like Sonic Youth. Yeah. Well, you know. Okay, what's next? Okay, next. Canadian Thresh. Oh, God. Canadian Thresh. That sounds like a, that sounds like a dance. Like something you might you might do at a wedding. <laughs> You're thinking uh, of a Canadian barn dance. I am, but Canadian Thresh. God, that just, that just... For some reason, that just conjures up like an image of a combine harvester. Like a really polite combine harvester. So what what would your polite combine harvester deck be? <laughs> Canadian Thresh. I'm I, 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 like okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna just completely disregard the Thresh because I haven't got a clue. Um, I'm trying to think of oh, Canadian. Uh, um, okay. Let's see. Let's see. It's it's something Boros because that's the Canadian flag is red and white. Um. I haven't got a clue about the Thresh. I'm going to say it's Boros... Boros combo of some sort. Okay, no, it's it's Teamer Delver. Okay, I couldn't have been more wrong. Why is it called Canadian Thresh? It's it's short for Canadian Threshold. It started as a Threshold deck made oh. by some people from Canada. All right, okay. I was overthinking that. I would never would have got Teamer, to be fair. Okay, Ten Fins. Ah, uh, I've heard people talking about tin fins, but I don't think I know what it is. I really like it. Just it, it makes me think of like artifact fish or something. Okay. Or artifact something. Tin fins. Um, I'm gonna say it's got something to do with artifacts. No. Okay. No, it's a it's a reanimator deck uh, that uses Grizzlebrand. It basically reanimates Grizzlebrand and then uses Children of Corliss in combination with Grizzlebrand to draw your whole deck. Okay, why is it so? Why is it called Tinfins? Um, I believe it's named after something. Um, <laughs> it's it's an episode of some TV show. Right. See, this is something about legacy decks. They've got absolutely no like relation to what they do at all. Yeah. No. Totally. Um, it's the reason that Tinfins is called Tinfins is it comes from an episode of. A, show called Sea Lab 2021 and the restaurant in the episode is called Grizzlebees. Okay. Team America. 
Um, I'm going to say Jess Guy because American flag. I don't see how this could possibly have any relation to the Team America film. Uh, let's say Jess Guy, Jess Guy Flyers maybe. Let's go for the like Freedom Eagle kind of kind of theme. It's a Salt High Temple deck. Oh come on! Why is it called Team America then? Uh, because it was built using cards that the American metagame wasn't using. Oh okay sure. Okay, uh, Martian Martian Law. Martian with an N. With law. an N, yeah. Um. Martian law. Law is like white, right? Sure. That was that's like. So I'm guess like something white. Martian law. What's the most Martiany kind of thing in magic? Martian law. I'm thinking like. Um, like some War of the Worlds kind of kind of thing with the big sort of robot um, spider thingies that kind of come to Earth. I'm going to say it's like white but plays artifacts. Couldn't be more wrong. So it's okay. it's, <laughs> it's the same as Tin Fins but it's got a Burning Wish package. Oh right, of course it does. Yeah, obviously. I liked my interpretation. Uh, Eva Green. Eva Green? Spell Eva? E-V-A. Eva Green. Okay, like the actress. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna probably. I think if this was like an episode of QI, the big, you know, when I, when 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 you say something that's like the obvious answer, and that the big kind of whoop whoop thing goes off in the background, it comes up in the screens and the siren goes off. Yeah. I think if I say if I say that it's a green deck, I feel like that's gonna happen, but I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it's a green deck. Okay, it's. Almost mono black with a green splash. Oh right, okay. <laughs> there goes the, yeah. the QI sirens. Why is it called Eva Green? No. I mean the green. If it's got a green splash, that I guess I kind of. It's like when people play Jeskai Black. I I tried to find I tried to find the reasoning behind why it's called this, and for some of these decks, I I just couldn't find the reason why they're called it. There's two conflicting reasons as to why it's called Eva Green. In fact, sorry, three. Some people say it's the deck creator's favourite actress. Mm-hmm. Some people say that it's named after Eva Green because she has black hair and green eyes. Okay, that seems contrived, but go on. And the the third reasoning is it's a suicide black deck with a green splash and her character in Casino Royale commits suicide. That's even more contrived, but okay. So, who the fuck knows? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Moving on. Tricks. 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 Spell it. T R I X. Um saying it like it's called combat tricks is too obvious. Tricks. I I couldn't even begin to make a conjecture. Tell me, put me in misery. So it's the donate illusions of grandeur combo deck. Okay, that makes sense. Tricks. I get it. Sure, it's a breakfast cereal. It's named after the breakfast cereal. Oh! Oh, right, that is a breakfast cereal. Yeah. Okay, why is it named after a breakfast cereal? Just because it has, it's like, Drex. Um, all legacy decks for a time were named after breakfast cereals. Legacy's so weird. I know. I know. Ice Station Zebra. Come again? <laughs> Ice Station Zebra. That sounds like some sort of World War Two code call sign. It does. This is Ice Station Zebra coming in. Um, 
Ice Station Zebra. It's too obvious to say it's got like snow lines, I'm not going to say that. Blue, blue, white, black, control, Esper control. So if in doubt, it's probably a Tin Fins variant. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ice Station Zebra is Tin Fins, but with a Living Wish package. Why the fuck is it called Ice Station Zebra? Fuck knows, it's probably a Sea Lab 2021 episode. That's the weirdest one yet. Dead Guy Ale. Dead Guy Ale? Yeah. I feel like I've heard of Dead Guy Ale. Um, I feel like it's black. I'm sure I've heard of this deck. Dead Guy Ale. I feel like it's got black in it somewhere. Um, Maybe that's just because I'm hearing Dead Guy and I'm thinking like zombie and automatically equating it with black. Maybe. Black. Dead Guy Ale. Black Mono Black Control. No. It, is, it does have black in it. It's a black white weenie deck. I was half right. Why is it called Dead Guy Ale? Um, so it was created by Team Dead Guy, which I think was Chris Pakula's team at the time. I don't know where the ale comes from. <laughs> Nobody ever knows where the ale comes from. Stacks. Oh, Stacks. I know Stacks because I know I know people that have played like Stacks commander decks. Is it kind of just like a um like a your opponent doesn't get to do anything lockout? kind of Winter Orby style smokestacks deck. Yeah, that's pretty much exactly it. It's a, a prison deck in Legacy. It's normally mono-white. In Vintage, it's normally colourless. They're so unfun to play against. And it's not named after smokestack. What's it named after, then? So, the the full name of the deck is the $4,000 solution. And when you abbreviate that to T4 dollar sign... S, it looks like stacks. Apparently. I don't fucking know. Like writing this down. To four... To four thousand dollar. I mean, I'm struggling to see it. Team Italia. Ah, oh, Team Italia. Um, yeah. This is probably some someone that's not getting anything to do with the colours. Like, if it was to do with the colours, I would have said, you know, Italian flag is red, white, blue as well, like Jess Guy. But I'm, gonna just, I'm just going to go by your logic and say it's some fucking Tin Fins variant made up by Italian players. <laughs> if it is actually Jess Guy, I'm going to upend this chair. I'm going to be so angry. Well, given that the Italian flag doesn't have any blue in it. Yeah, it does. No. I'm sure it does. Oh, no, it doesn't. I stand corrected. I was thinking of the French flag. Is it a green? Is it a green? Is it a green, white, red? <laughs> it's it's not. It's Mardu. Oh, okay. It's a Mardu agro disruption deck. Okay, so it's not ten fins either. No. I'm also not allowed to go to any Italian GPs anymore. No, never. <laughs> I could have sworn I was uh, that, that that was that one. I was obviously thinking of the French one. Sorry, Italians. Cephalid breakfast. Oh God. Um, what is a cephalid? Just Google what a cephalid is. A cephalid is a creature that exists only in magic. Okay, that would be why the first one is like MTG Wiki. Yeah. Beings that live in the depths of the oceans. So let's say blue. Blue breakfast. Blue. Is it like a blue bounce deck? No. So bre- decks with breakfast in the name for some reason are normally graveyard based decks. That makes sense. 
And and this actually does have part of the name of one of the cards in the combo in the name of the deck. It's a Nomad Encore Cephalodelusionist self-mill reanimator combo deck. Alright, okay. That's what I was going to so, say next. Self, uh, The Cephalodelusionist, whenever it becomes the target of a spell or ability, you mill three. And Nomad Encore has the ability zero the next one damage that would be dealt to you is dealt to target creature you control instead yeah so you just mill your entire deck and then four narcanibus come into play you fucking sacrifice them to dread return something nice uh what do i have next sylvan plug <laughs> pardon sylvan plug oh sylvan plug yeah um let's say sylvan library uh, plug. The thing that the kind of plug that immediately comes to mind is like the plug that you put in your sink to stop the water draining away. Is it like something that, something that stops your opponent drawing cards or something? No. So it's a a green stompy deck with a splash. Okay. Does it play Sylvan Library? No. Okay. <laughs> the 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 Sylvan part comes from the fact that it's green. Um. The the deck is so apparently there's some something from the deck's name comes from this sculpture of a tree that looks like a butt plug <laughs> and that's why it's called sylvan plug. oh that's 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 inventive yeah nice okay uh what's next strawberry shortcake um strawberry shortcake i oh i uh, i i really want to say because strawberry shortcake i'm gonna assume that it means like the strawberry shortcake doll which I'm now googling to see what she looks like she's kind of all pink and pink and um, red and green mm-hmm. I'm going to say green green. let's go by the colours on the strawberry shortcake doll let's say green, white, red uh, dudes like weenies no Okay. so it's the imperial painter deck but with a white splash that doesn't sound like a very strawberry shortcakey. I've just typed Imperial Shortcake into Google. My Imp- God, Imperial Shortcake. That, that, <laughs> you, you should invent that deck. Imperial, imperial shortcake. shortcake. Yeah. So what is um, Imperial okay. Painter? So Imperial Painter is it's the Painter Servant Grindstone combo deck. Sure. Uses Imperial Recruiter to search up the bits. Sure. I mean, back in red and white, I can kind of see. Yeah. Like strawberry shortcake. I think that was probably going to be my, my. I went too deep. That was probably going to be my second guess. Okay, Bizarro Stormy. Um. Oh God, it's too. I, I'm getting the QI thing again when I say it's like a storm deck. Um, <laughs> you're laughing, which means I'm probably wrong. Does it play Stormbirth Dragon? Maybe that's why it's called Bizarro Stormy. Maybe it's maybe it plays Stormbirth Dragon and not legacy decks don't really play Stormbirth Dragon, so that's why it's Bizarro Stormy. No, it's a Tinfins variant. Oh my god, of course it's a Tinfins variant. It's a Tinfins variant with a Magus of the Mind package. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh Four Horsemen. Ah This is the one with the it's probably not that I've said it. This is the one with the non-deterministic loop. It is. Yeah. The one with the non-deterministic loop. Every judge but what knows. is that non-deterministic loop? Oh god, it's the one where you. Oh 
God. See now, if you asked me this in any other day, I would have been able to tell you what the Four Horsemen loop is. Now that you, now that we're talking about it, now I've completely forgotten. Yeah. It's the one where you shit. Um, it's 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 some it's like you you you. Do you know what? Just tell me. I can't remember. So the the combo is basalt monolith and mesmeric orb uh-huh. to mill yourself. So Basalt Monolith is an artifact that taps for three and it doesn't untap in your untap step. You can pay three to untap it. Mm-hmm. And Mesmeric Orb says uh, whenever a player untaps a permanent, they mill one. Yeah. So you basically use it to mill your deck and you're trying to get enough. Um, you, you mill yourself to put Narcomoebas into your, into your graveyard and then you sacrifice those Narcomoebas to cabal therapy your opponent um to get rid of their entire hand and there's also an emerkul that eon's torn in your deck so every so often you're just going to shuffle the whole graveyard back in um and then eventually you want to get to a point where you use three narcomoebas to flash back a dread return to reanimate some big thing um but because the emerkul eon's torn the combi- the combo is non-deterministic so it's it's not banned in tournaments, but it's basically banned in tournaments. Yeah, it's definitely uh, frowned upon if you're going to play it. You'll be told to unloop the loop, Yeah, as it were. Um, Spanish Inquisition. Um, no, I, I, the only reason I want to say what I'm going to say is because um, our friend Dan, who's been on the podcast before, has a Spanish Inquisition of Kozilek. I think it's in his cube. And he bought it specifically to make this joke. I want to say it's like black and plays Inquisition of Kozilek. No. Okay. It's uh, it's basically a mashup between a Goblin Charbelcher deck and a Storm deck. Okay. So why is it called Spanish Inquisition if it doesn't play Inquisition of Kozilek? Nobody expects it. Oh, I mean, that's fair. Don't know why I asked. That seems obvious. Uh, Raisin Bran. Uh, it's some Tin Fins variant with some... <laughs> Some raisin package, I don't know. No, it's it's the Aloran combo deck. Alright, of course it is. And I think, let me just check my list, but I think this next one's the last one. Fruity Pebbles. Um, Fruity Pebbles is a cereal. It it's is a, a cereal. graveyard. No, no, it doesn't have breakfast in the name. Oh, no, you're right, so it's just a cereal. Uh, Fruity Pebbles, I don't know what Fruity Pebbles, I know they're a cereal, I don't know what they look like, but I'm assuming they're like Fruit Loops. So I'm going to go with like five colour tin fins. <laughs> because they're, it's, all the, it's all the colours. It's the Enduring Renewal Goblin Bombardment combo deck. Okay, is it is it five colours? No. Well, then why the fuck is it called Fruity Pebbles? I don't fucking know. They're all named after breakfast cereals. <laughs> ah. Oh, God. Legacy players. Legacy players. Why even are you? Why are you? Why are you? Why are you? If in doubt, it's probably a Tinfins variant. Probably a Tinfins variant. So it's been it's been a hell of a week in in Magic: The Gathering Land. It has. There's there's a, there's been a lot a lot going on that, that's worthy of a Tibbles rager, but I think Casey, you've managed to narrow it down to one one topic that you're going to make an impassioned speech about. Mm-hmm. So I let's 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 see out of the entire shit show that's happened this week in in Magic, let's see what's annoyed Casey the most. So there was a big, big Magic Fest this weekend in Las Vegas, and as with any big 
magic tournament people get disqualified it happens and people getting disqualified shit for that people that people those people it's it's shit nobody likes getting disqualified nobody likes doing a disqualification but i'm not here to talk about someone getting disqualified i'm here to talk about the aftermath of getting disqualified and uh, what you should and shouldn't do because one of the things that a lot of high profile players have started doing recently after they get disqualified is putting out a public statement which is fair enough it's it's your right to do that um but there's a reason that the judge program doesn't generally put out public statements unless it's a high profile disqualification at a magic uh a mythic championship for instance but um part of the disqualification process is that the player investigation committee are going to investigate the circumstances surrounding the disqualification and determine a penalty for the the player long term whether that's no penalty whether that's a, a written warning whether that's a suspension they like to go into that process as impartial as they can be and someone going on twitter and pleading their case tends to muddy those waters a bit and this is why you don't get the judges that were involved in the disqualification generally going on Twitter and talking about it or going on Facebook and talking about it until after the player investigation committees reached the decision. I mean, they're not allowed to, right? If a judge is involved in a disqualification, they're, they're generally not. They're kind of... Um, they're kind of... They have to withhold from discussing active investigations yeah. purely for purely for that, that reason. Whereas players... Players don't have that restriction on no. them. That's a judge only thing. Like the play there's no there's no restriction on players to have been involved in a disqualification to to not talk yeah. about it. Like they are allowed to say what they like. It's just the judges that are that are withheld. Exactly. Which is why you get one side of a story and, and people jump to jump to these massive conclusions. Now I'm not going to to berate on players for, for making public statements. It's it's a thing that they are allowed to do. Would I prefer that they didn't do it? Yeah, because it just muddies the waters, stops the judge from defending themselves because they are not allowed to make a statement back. Um, and and it just it makes things messy. But it's a thing that you're allowed to do. What you shouldn't fucking do when you're making a public statement after you've gotten disqualified is attempt to name and shame the judge whose fault you think it is. And you especially shouldn't do that when you've got fucking a million Twitch followers and fuck knows how many Twitter followers. And let's let's just find out. Let's find out. Talking like a hundred and something thousand, right? Yeah. Fifty five thousand. Twitter followers, yeah. And uh let's just let's just check Twitch. See how many I'm talking about a Maz in case anyone hadn't worked that out. See how many Twitch followers Amaz has got. <laughs> Casey's like, well, we're talking about naming and shaming. Fuck it. Yeah. So for context, while Casey's looking that up, um, Amaz was disqualified from... He put up a statement saying he'd been disqualified from GP Vegas ostensibly for pushing a judge. And I put pushing in, in quotes because, like I said, we've only heard Amaz's side of the story. 
um, and he 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 thought he felt that he'd been disqualified unfairly because he'd he'd basically he'd attempted to get past a judge who was trying to prevent him from walking across a play area to get to the pairings board, um, and the judge obviously felt that he had acted inappropriately, um, got another judge involved. Amaz asked the other judge what their name was after you know try to play his case a little bit. And the the statement did did make it sound like after that, after he'd asked the other judge, you know, their name, um, mm-hmm. that the the judge then took that as aggressive behaviour and escalated to the head judge, at which point Namaz was disqualified for aggressive behaviour. I think, mm-hmm. um, which is okay. So the 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 the, the judge that Amaz named was like the first judge in the scenario, right? Yeah, because he didn't know the name of the second judge, which is why he asked. So. It's, it's it's a million, it's, by the way, a million Twitch. It's got a million Twitch followers. So so yeah. the the judge that he'd, he'd named was the judge that had originally tried to stop him from walking across an area where presumably he wasn't supposed to be, um, and he then said, "Right, come on, all of him in it," and tried to get past him, and the judge had then um, accused him of, of pushing him and got another judge involved. So it's the first yeah. judge in the sound, not the judge that actually carried out the DQ. No. Or the judge that escalated it, I believe, to the, the head judge of the tournament. It's no. the first judge in this yeah. scenario that was the only one in the, in the statement that was specifically named, full name, like first and last name, by Amaz. Who, who Amaz is basically blaming for power tripping for this whole thing. Now, uh, Amaz almost certainly isn't listening to this, but I've got I've to fucking address this to him anyway, because I don't care. <laughs> You've got over 150,000 Twitter followers. You've got a million followers on Twitch. You're one of the biggest names in Hearthstone. You're you're it's one of the biggest pretty, names in Magic. Fucking famous streamer. Yeah, you're one of the biggest names in Magic. And and what you've done is you've gone out and you have named this judge that you believe is power tripping and you believe is responsible for your disqualification. Now I'm Two at the very, two at the very least, you're one hundred and fifty-one thousand followers on Twitter, which was where this was posted. I don't know if it was posted on Facebook as well, but two, two at the very least, those people. Yeah. Um, you have to know how many people are going to see this. You have to know how loyal your followers are to you, and you also have to know that because of your fame within streaming circles esports news sites are going to pick up your disqualification and your statement which has happened yeah i have seen this i've had a suggested post on facebook from two different esports news sites running a story on this yeah who both name the judge that amaz has named in his statement yeah and you're going out of your way to try and fucking demonize this judge and i'm not going to get into the argument of whether or not what that judge did was right and whether or not that judge was power tripping. I mean, we can't, right? Because and, because and, the thing is with, with disqualification statements is that this happens every time. And the one that springs to mind was when Nuya Watanabe was disqualified uh, Pro Tour London for having marked sleeves. Mm-hmm. And he put out an explanation for that before the the um, like the, the, the judges had really said anything or the playing investigation committee had reached their conclusion. Yeah. And of course, his his statement was, oh, you know, I don't know. It basically said, I don't know why this had happened, but he had some like, I think he had some s- suggestions of what what he'd done and, and things like that. And had changed his sleeves before X, Y, Z because of this reason or whatever. Like, 
players that are disqualified for events are very rarely going to put a statement saying this is exactly what I did and this is why I was disqualified and it was bad because it makes yeah. them look bad, right? Even if they have acted poorly, it makes them look bad. So they're not going to do that. So any player statement that you get post-disqualification that, that gives their side of the story is almost certainly going to give their side of the story in a way that makes them look good. Which is completely natural because nobody wants to put their hands up and say, I did this. You know, I, I think it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a bigger thing to do to people to say, well, I did this. Here's but... the thing. Amaz's statement that's meant to make him look good makes him look shit. So what's the fucking truth? <laughs> yeah. The judge said, don't come through here. It's a professional rules enforcement event. Players aren't allowed down the aisles during a professional rules enforcement event. It's a standard yeah. rule. The judge told him not to go down there, where he should have known he wasn't allowed anyway. And even after being told again by the judge not to go down there, he tried to push past the judge. Yeah. Like, he's admitted to that. Which I, I'm giving I, him a warning for unsportsmanlike conduct. That is definitely that. unsportsmanlike conduct. And it's also... A dick thing to do like it's yeah. a really arrogant thing to do when someone a judge a tournament official says to you don't don't come through here it's a really dick thing to do to be like oh in a minute and then just like try to get past them anyway like, yeah just totally. don't fucking do it that's yeah. definitely unsporting conduct at least yeah totally because but the, so the the reason i'm not debating whether or not the judge that amaz named was on a power trip or abusing their power or whatever is because i can definitively say that they weren't because that judge is not the one that makes the disqualification decision. Yeah. It's the head judge. The judge Amaz named did not disqualify him from the tournament. Yeah. Did not have anything to do with that decision. No. But you've put his name out there, and I expect the the excuse, oh, well, I didn't set my followers on him. I didn't tell my followers to go and get this guy. It's the same fucking Hambly excuse. No, I was going to say that. I, I didn't tell my followers to fucking go after this person. It doesn't matter that you didn't tell them. You have 150,000 followers. You have a million followers on Twitch. You, you're being picked up by esports news sites. You have to know. You have to have some responsibility. Now I was going to I was going to say that exact thing what you said because I've been in a I've been in a position where I've been let's say on some more unsavory parts of 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 uh, magic internet and mm -hmm. um, I've been picked up and I've I, I haven't watched the videos in question right like I've got other people watch them for me but I have heard that, that that you know whenever you're you're in videos like that people the, the the people in question will be like no I'm not trying to start a witch hunt or etc and then they'll yeah. just like rip into you and they'll but it's like people will say that they'll be like i'm not i'm not trying to start i'm not trying to set people on i'm not trying I, to do that's why i said but I, it's like my entire twitter profile is in the video it's like yeah. you know what your followers are like yeah you know what's I'm, gonna I'm, happen i'm not i'm not trying to start a witch hunt and please don't go after this person yeah plausible deniability i yeah. said I told them not to go after the person. You fucking know what's going to happen. Exactly. It's like it's like it's yeah. Exactly. It's like come on. You 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 know you know that that this is what's what's going to happen. Like I don't I don't understand why there's no reason to do it. There's no reason to name the judge in question. No. Like if you want to make a statement to the PIC and say this is the judge that was involved. Yeah. Fine. You know, do that. That's fine. That's a closed committee that will that will review. Or, or if you Don't think put it on Facebook or Twitter. Or yeah, if if you think the judge has abused their power, if you think the judge has 
has been unreasonable or has acted uh, has acted in a way that a judge shouldn't be doing there's channels for this you report that judge to the judge conduct committee the judge conduct committee will investigate and they will hand down harsh punishments as and when necessary they they, they will do that don't fucking name them on twitter now i realize there, there's very few people who have the same reach as someone like Amaz does but at the same fucking time, even if you don't have a Maz's reach, don't be fucking naming and shaming judges that, one, can't defend yep. themselves in the situation, and two, just just fucking don't. And, like, the thing the thing that's that's annoyed me about the whole thing isn't... It's, you know, it's annoyed me that you've named and shamed somebody because I know what it's like to be on the receiving end of that sort yeah. of level of fucking vitriol on, on Twitter, and it's, I mean, like... You know, it happened to me relatively recently. It's not nice. It's not nice, especially when you're not trying to be a, a douchebag. Mm-hmm. Like it's worse when you're trying to help and you get, or you're just you're just trying to do your job, or you're trying to do the you know the right thing, mm-hmm. and you suddenly get a load of shit for it. That sucks. But what's annoyed me is all the comments underneath that were all like, oh, judges are all like this. This this is why I don't go to big tournaments anymore. I've had bad officials. Judges are all, you know, all people that just want a power trip. It's like, no, we're fucking not. Yeah. Like, the judge program is really good at holding each other accountable. Like, anytime anybody's walking around a GP on a power trip, I guarantee you somebody's going to have reported them to their team lead within the hour. Like, we are really, really good at holding each other because we just don't, we don't want, we don't have time for people that, that treat judging like an excuse to, you know, have a big dick and swing it around, basically. Yeah, exactly. It's, like, it's fucking really... uncomfortable to be working with someone that's like that. Yeah, and we, we, we will... We, we know each other as, like, you know, regional coordinators and whatever, so we will 100% raise things like that ourselves Yeah. when we we don't... Because the majority of judges aren't aren't judging just to to be able to put a shirt on and parade a bit of events, you know, with like a peacock or whatever. I'm not like, going to say that doesn't happen. I, oh, it, it, it does. But we're really good at like self-correcting Yeah. as judges. Like if, if it happens, then it gets raised. Um, like, and you know, this whole thing about judges are like this, judges are like that, judges are... I saw people, a lot of people saying, oh, of course, the, the judges have all closed ranks to protect their own. And it's like, no, we're, the judges just aren't allowed to talk about it. The judges that were there aren't allowed to talk about it. And the judges that weren't there aren't going to stand up and be like, oh, this is what it's, what's happened, because we don't know. Yeah, we don't know. We weren't there. Yeah. Like, we can kind of conjecture and say this doesn't sound right, because that doesn't... That just sounds... A lot of stuff doesn't add up. Like, mm-hmm. you don't you don't get disqualified from for asking a judge what their name is, which is kind of how it sounded. Yeah. So we can say things like, this doesn't, this doesn't add up quite right. But we're not going to turn around and be like, this is X, Y, Z, like they're hard facts, because we weren't there. And the judges that were there are prohibited from talking about it like by the, the PIC, because it's an active investigation and we're not allowed to talk about it. I kind of wish players had the same sort of restriction. Yeah. Because I think that like I, I guess it would, that would, it would kind of I don't know, it would, I think people would be mad because um, they wouldn't nobody would be talking about any disqualifications and people would want to know, especially if it's like a high profile figure, they would want to know why this person had been disqualified and it might just end up causing more um, drama in the long run mm-hmm. 
but it is kind of unfair on the judges that the players can kind of come out and be like, this is what happened. And you could, you know, if people are looking at it going, that doesn't sound right, but there's no there's but, no other side until the, the PIC have made their decision, which doesn't yeah. happen for a while. Like, it doesn't happen immediately. Yeah. Like by the time eventually the PIC come, turn around and say, okay, this is what's happened. And then the judges can talk about it. It's all kind of gone past. Yeah, people have forgotten about it. Yeah, the drama's kind of over. But the damage is done. Exactly, exactly. Like, the judges, people um, have been sitting slagging off the judges left, right and centre, going about how, you know, moronic we are and stuff like that. And that's that's the th- that's the sort of thing that people are going to take away. Like, they're not... When the, the PIC stuff comes out, people are, are going to have that already and they're going to be like, oh, well, when, when, it, when it, the, the, the conclusion is reached. Mm-hmm. But to get back to the main point, if you're going to make a post-DQ statement, don't fucking start picking out the judges specifically. If you want to do that in your a statement to the PIC, then fine, go ahead, crack on. Don't start pulling judges, especially when they're the only judge. Uh, don't start pulling them out and naming them individually in, in your statement. Yeah. Because it's just not, it's just not cool. And, the, and like nine times out of ten, the judge is only going to have been doing their job. And nine times out of ten in post-DQ statements you're not getting the, the full, complete story. You're Nine getting a story times out of that... ten, you're blaming the wrong judge as well. Yeah. Because the person that makes that decision is the head judge, and in something like a Grand Prix or a Mythic Championship, like, name them if you really must, sure, because that information is public. Anyone can find that out. Like, we can, I can go and look up who the head judge of the, the GP Amaz was playing in was, or I can go and look up who the head judge of the GP, or the, the Mythic Championship that Yuya got disqualified from was. That's all public information. Fair yeah. enough, it's different for the head judge. But, like, the floor judge that started the, the investigation? No, fuck off. Just fucking leave them out of it. All they've done is raise it. I think it's, like, things like this. I'll tell you what it sucks, who it sucks for. So imagine this is, like, your first your first ever GP you're working and you're a floor judge and something like this happens and you know it's a player with, a like, a big-name player. Yeah. If people if, if players start dropping names of judges that they feel they've been hard done by, you know, in, in an interaction with, into statements, what effect is that going to have on some of the maybe less experienced judges who are, like, Shit, like this, this is wrong. But if I if I make a big deal out of this, I'm gonna get Twitter hounded. Yeah, like I think it's 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 about you know knowing that you can appeal to to judges if you if you feel like the wrong decision has been made, you can appeal to the head judge of the event or whatever. Um, and knowing when you've got, I hate the word clout, but knowing when you've got clout, mm-hmm. just having a little bit of empathy and not being a dick about it. Because like if that's, I mean, I think that the judge in question is, and I, I, I don't know them personally, but I gather it's an, a sort of reasonably experienced judge. Yeah. But th- th- there's, a, we don't want to be in a situation where pl- judges are slightly nervous of calling out big name players or personalities at events because they they know that they're they're worried that this, that's just going to backfire on them. Because that just creates an environment where certain people can get away with more than other people because they've they've got clout and I put it in air quotes, which yeah. is they, they, not good for tournament integrity at all. Yeah, exactly. You you don't want new judge judging their first Grand Prix to 
feel like they can't give a penalty to pro player X or cosplayer Y or streamer Z because they're going to get roasted on Twitter. Exactly. Exactly. And it's just, just don't do it. Just be aware of your own reach reach and the impact that you're going to have and just don't just don't be an asshole don't be a fucking arsehole about it yeah just don't be an arsehole listen to what judges say like we're not saying shit just to inconvenience you yeah if if we if we ask you to go round maybe i mean i don't know maybe there's more to it than just um the it's professional rel and the player's not allowed down there maybe there's an active investigation going on down that aisle maybe some judges are trying to defuse an aggressive situation maybe there's a medical emergency i don't fucking know we don't do it just to inconvenience it doesn't doesn't matter yeah if the judge has told you not to go down there there's a fucking reason yeah so be nice to your judges and don't be a dick please Okay, so now that we've tired ourselves out while that ranting, are you ready for a, a more chilled experience? Oh, very much so. Some chilled out shite or delight. Chilled out shite or delight? Should chilled I put out. some smooth jazz on? <laughs> Please, put some... I thought we should do that at one point. We should have like smooth jazz, shite or delight. Yeah. Where we both uh, just get chill as fuck. That'd be amazing. Sounds great. So for people that don't know, Ch- shite or delight is a, a quick fire game where one of us names a bunch of stuff and... The, the other has to rate it as shite or a delight. There is no grey area. you got to pick one. It's very binary, very black and white. So I have a list for Casey this week. Are you ready to rate some stuff, Casey? I am poised and ready. <laughs> okay, get into the rating position. Yep. Let's go. Banning Fatal's Looting in Modern. Delight. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Absolute delight. Channel Fireball not announcing a Scottish GP yet. Total shite. Legacy deck names. Shite. Competitive snap. Delight. Great British Bake Off starting tonight. Shite. What? It's been shite since it moved to Channel 4. Doesn't have Mel and Sue anymore. I'll give you that. Uh, Wedge's new dog. Oh, complete delight. I love them. Same. Uh, Ignoring judge instructions. Shite. Pleasant Kenobi having to get a new jingle. (laughs) Delight. (laughs) (laughs) Tin fins. Shite. Summer nearly being over. Um, I'm going to go with Delight because it's been too fucking hot been this year so fucking thanks to global even, warming even in the past few days it's been absolutely roasting yeah that's that's pretty much my thought Yeah, we welcome autumn, bring on autumn love autumn so Casey if people want to, to reach out to you on Twitter and uh, suggest other bizarre legacy names that you you might have missed where can they do so? They can find me on Twitter at PurpleSnap or on the Scourge Divas Twitter at Scourge Divas. Or alternatively, they can email us at scourge.divas at gmail.com. If your if you're, uh, complaint or comment does not fit into 240 characters, yeah. you must present it to us in the style of a sonnet. A sonnet I'd would literally be fucking love it if somebody, please write us a sonnet and email it to us yes. on any subject. That'd be amazing. We, we'll... Uh... We'll I can't them. guarantee we'll do anything with it, but please We'll do read it, it out. We'll yeah. read it out. We'll perform a dramatic reenactment. Oh, okay. Well, I will. <laughs> what have you gotten me into? Um, if you want to 
find me on social media. I'm on Twitter at Hayworth Artist. I man the social. Tw- I also man the Scourge Divas social media account, which is just Scourge Divas. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitch at scourge.divas scourge underscore divas scourge underscore divas sorry I promise uh, we'll stream again soon we will we will we will I'll, I'll just be too hot doing it. I know it really has been too hot oh god it's been so hot we should Sean actually had that my my husband oh god that's weird to say my uh, <laughs> husband had a had a suggestion actually I, he said that because we're always talking about I think this, he was listening to the episode where we talk about your top 10 favourite cards yeah and he says that I, because you know a lot of the really old cards and I don't know a lot of the really old cards, he suggested that we, we team up and play Chandelar. Oh. And stream that. Because Ooh. then that would that would do me some teaching. I love Chandelar. I'm so in for that. I've never played it, but we should do that at some point. Yeah, we will We will get back streaming, but you should follow us so that you'll know when we are. Um, Scourge underscore divas. I bought more RAM for my computer so that it could run Chandelar when it came out. That's That's... <laughs> That's like one of those things when it's like, um, you know, date yourself in one tweet. Yeah, I think I bought four megs of RAM. Nice. So that I could run Chandelar. Chandelar isn't that, like right now it doesn't look that taxing. How old was your computer? When did Chandelar come out? Oh, like 1995 right, okay. or something. 96 okay. maybe. Wow. Well, there you go. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll go back to a, a relic from Magic Past. Yeah. At some point and we'll stream it. I will learn stuff. Casey will get nostalgic. It's going to be great. In the meantime, be nice to your judges. Be nice to each other. Don't be a dick. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.